Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into Design Your Day, the official podcast show of The Gathering Shops. I'm your host, Ray Digney. The Gathering Shops, retail's newest and most exciting shopping platform, has curated a community of emerging brands and local artists. Each week, we will introduce you to the talent and personalities behind these brands to give you an opportunity to get to know the person behind the product. This week, we catch up with fashion veteran and musician Andy Hilfiger. Andy shares his personal story growing up with his siblings in upstate New York, where his brother Tommy started a small fashion store called The People's Place, a store that would set up the stage for a life of fashion and music. Eventually moving to the Big Apple, Hilfiger would play the bass guitar for the rock group King Flux during the same time that his brother Tommy was developing the Tommy Hilfiger Fashion Collection. Andy would eventually join his brother and begin a decade worth of creative work at Tommy Hilfiger that included styling and brand development. Andy followed that act up with the launch of Andrew Charles, his namesake rock and roll inspired fashion brand, as well as playing a major role in the launches of other successful brands. In his latest role, Andy Hilfiger is the creative director for Artistics, a new luxury streetwear brand. An incredible conversation that will take you behind the scenes of one of the greatest generations of fashion Andy Hilfiger is a man that knows how to build a brand and make a beat. So without further ado, here's Design Your Day interview number two with fashion veteran and musician, Andy Hilfiger. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Design Your Day, the official podcast show of The Gathering Shops. And today we have a very, very special guest. I'm super, super excited to have him on the show, none other then Andy Hilfiger, the creative director for Artistics Fashion Brand. Andy, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to hop on Design Your Day, the official podcast show of The Gathering Shops. Let's get this conversation going. As you can tell, I'm super excited to have you on and share your story and introduce you to our growing audience of uh, customers and listeners. So once again, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, so so this is really, really cool. Um, I'm excited to, uh, like I said, to share your story, learn a little bit more about your journey. So before we get into what is an incredible resume of what our listeners will learn uh, is a combination of music and fashion, which is two of everyone's most favorite things, I think, right? Yeah. Music and fashion. Um, before we dive into that resume and that incredible life that you've lived so far, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience a little bit? Let everyone know who you are, where you're from, a little bit about uh, you know, your childhood or growing up, or a little bit about your family, so they have a little bit better idea of who Andy, Andy Hilfiger is before we get into all the great stuff that you've worked on. Okay, well, uh, I'm Andy Hilfiger. Um, we're from Elmira, New York, originally, upstate. Um, one of nine kids. Wow. Five sisters, three brothers. And it's funny, my brother's, uh, Billy was a musician. He passed away of brain cancer. Um, he's a guitar player. Bobby was a uh, champion wrestler in college and high school. And Tommy uh, opened his first boutique when he was a senior in high school with a few friends and a few hundred dollars from pumping gas. Wow. Um, so I kind of followed in all three of my brother's footsteps. I was a wrestler. I only wrestled in high school, but uh, and then I played guitar with Billy, and I worked for Tommy in his stores. And his first store was called the People's Place. It was for people, like the gathering shops. Very cool. And uh, 
we had all different kinds of denim brands and brands nobody heard of upstate. And uh, the stores turned into five stores in like the college towns, Ithaca, Corning, Cortland, Elmira, and uh, Lake George for a little bit. Um, but the stores, the thing about the stores were, yes, it was cool clothing from New York City because that kind of stuff you couldn't find up there. So yeah. Tommy and his buddies would come to New York and go to sample sales, whatever it was, and bring stuff up. Um, and I started working there when I was 14, 15. And, um, but the thing with, with the whole music is we would have DJs and bands play in, you know, we were doing product placement then before there was even product placement. We were dressing all the local bands in national acts if they came in. Bruce Springsteen came in the store wow. in the early 70s when he was playing Ithaca and bought a red leather jacket from Tommy. That and the Jay Giles band, one of my favorite bands, they were playing at Elmira, at Elmira College. And uh, that was my first concert in 1973. And I went backstage and the singer's wife was Faye Dunaway, Peter Wolf. Oh, my God. And uh, they came in the store during the day and got some cool clothes. But uh, we were always like looking at the album covers like Hendrix and mm -hmm. the Dollars and the Stones. And, you know, how do we find these clothes? This is so cool. How, you know, and um, Tommy bought a bass for $70. It was like a Beatle bass. And he knew two songs by the Cream, Badge and Sunshine of Your Love. And he taught me the songs. And then he moved out of our family's house, but he left the bass. So I used to just pick it up and play it all the time. And then Billy had a guitar, and so we started playing together, and uh, we started a band. And Tommy was uh, dressing us in, in the clothing from the store. Mm -hmm. And then Tommy would book us in, like, clubs or restaurants. Here I was 15 years old playing in clubs. Um, but the store was all about music and fashion, entertainment. Um, you know, the music pump in, we sold yeah. records, we sold uh, tapes, or I don't even know if tapes were around then, but we sold uh, posters, black lights, bell bottoms. Um, actually, you could get your hair cut in the store. It was a, a place where a lot of things were happening, the people's place. Wow. And uh, yeah, eventually Tommy started uh, telling the manufacturers what he wanted, different than what they had. And some of the factories were like, well, why don't you just, you know, show us what you're talking about? So Tommy and his partner, Larry, put together their own clothing line, not knowing how to really do it, but they would take sketches, they would do sketches themselves of shirts and stuff and bring them to the manufacturers and make samples. And they were really cool but they didn't really want to tell anybody they were designers yet because they didn't really know how yeah. to go over. And this was, you know, something new and unimaginable, I say. So they named the first brand Jacob Allen and they were their middle names, Thomas Jacob and Larry was Lawrence Allen or whatever. Wow. So the first, yeah. And then we used to wear Jacob Allen on stage. 
and it looked like Tommy Hilfiger clothing, kind of, but very 70s. Mm-hmm. The bigger collars, but color blocked in the stripes yeah. and really cool stuff. Um, so then eventually um, Tommy was like, well, I think I want to go to New York City in design. Like, how are you going to do that? That's, you know, you know. So he went to New York City. We moved him to New York. And um, we, our plan was to follow, follow him with our band, which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but we moved him and Tommy started freelancing. And he would go to different companies and say, hey, listen, I can d- design a line for you. You just have to make the samples. And, mm-hmm. and uh, one of his first... Uh, things was the Jacob Allen line, which he changed to Tommy Hill. He, nobody could pronounce Hill figure. He'd never used wow. that name. So he went, he met this family from India and they said, uh, we'll fly you to India. You do the collection and we'll come back with the samples. And Tommy said, and I can sell the line in. So Tommy's first customer, it's funny, uh, he told me about your uh, first customer was Bloomingdale's. Yeah. And everybody would say, no, 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 no. But Bloomingdale's actually took in some Tommy Hill. Wow. And it sold and did well. I mean, it was a small thing. I think he did bowling shirts at this point. And uh, so that was very interesting in like, wow, you're in a national store in New York City and yeah. this and that. And a few years, actually, after that, he uh, met these guys and they owned a company called Jordash. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. Tommy yeah. and his, his new wife then, Susie, they went to Jordash as a design team and said, hey, listen, we can, we can design Jordash for you and take it to the next level. They were like, okay, well, we'll send you to Asia, to the factories, I think Hong Kong. Yeah. And um, Tommy and Susie went and they redesigned Jordash and brought back jeans with the horse on it, red corduroys, right. really, really cool. And Jordash loved it. Yeah. But only one thing. They said, oh, this is amazing. We love it. Thank you so much. But we don't need you anymore. You're fired. And you're fired because you did you did what we wanted. Yeah. You did the job. We no longer we need you. Yeah, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. So meanwhile, Billy and I moved to New York and uh we stayed with Tommy on Avenue A and East East Ninth Street. Oh yeah. We weren't allowed to even go to the park on the corner because it was uh like all junkies. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but um I worked in Unique Clothing, uh, a cool store on Broadway, and Billy worked at Manny's Music, and we played music at night, and we met the guys from the Ramones and the Plasmatics, and we started a band in the early 80s called King Flux, and King Flux was kind of a super group, a super punk group, because it was Richie Stotts from the Plasmatics, who were a huge, huge punk band, and Marky Ramone from the Ramones. And we started playing the Ritz, the Cat Club. We were opening for metal bands that were starting to come out, <clears throat> like your uh, Motorheads and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. And uh, simultaneously, 
then I started working at Manny's because Manny's was the music store. Yeah, it was the store. Uh -huh. That's where yeah. I met Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's where I met Clapped. Everybody came in Manny's and Billy became like, you know, a star guitar guy, salesman there. And um, I was a stock boy. I, you know, go get me a Les Paul in the basement, <laughs> you know, for a hundred bucks a week, which yeah. is cool because yeah. it was in this whole music celebrity thing yeah um one day i was going to lunch you had a dollar or two for pizza that's you know you, you'd go get a slice of pizza and that was your lunch and uh i saw tommy by this time billy and i had moved out from staying with tommy and i mm -hmm. saw tommy walking down 48th street and he, I said, where are you going? He said, oh, I've, I just got back from a meeting. I'm going back to my office, but I want to show you something because Andy, I'm going to be the next Calvin Klein. And, oh, you know, wow. it's not like he was like big headed or anything, but anything he was doing and did always became something, you know, successful or something promising. So. I had to deliver a guitar case. He went with me and then he took me to his new showroom and it was called Merjani. And Merjani had Gloria Vanderbilt jeans, but they were backing Tommy for a small line of yeah. menswear called Tommy Hilfiger. And this was 1984. Wow. And they also had a, a deal with Coca-Cola to do Coca-Cola clothes. And the Merjani's asked Tommy, if you design Coca-Cola clothes, then we'll, we'll do your own line for you and see how it goes. So we went to this showroom. It was like the 19th floor of this building. I was like, oh boy, the doors opened and it was Merjani, Gloria Vanderbilt. And then in the corner, I saw the red, white, and blue Tommy flag. And he had his first men's line there. There was like 12 styles. He's like, this is it. And we're going to do a campaign comparing me to Kelvin, Ralph, and Perry Ellis. Wow. And I was like, wow, that, this is amazing. And he said, you can have some samples because I have extras. So that was, you know, I had some Tommy clothes. I went back to Manny's, I don't know, a day or two later. And the owner's kids were like home from college or something. They were like, is your like isn't your last name Hillfigger? I'm like, yeah. And they said, Well, we just bought your brother's shirts at Saks Fifth. We just brought Hillfigger shirts at Saks Fifth Ave because Hillfigger launched very high end for that, yeah. you know, it was yeah. Saks, Don Witt Teller, all these higher end B Altmans. And uh, I said, Yeah, 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 that, that's my brother, and they're his shirts. So they're the first guys that I knew that wore. Tommy shirts, the Manny's kids. That had to be an Got incredible feeling. Oh yeah, my no, I was like, I called Tommy. Hey, these guys. He, yeah, yeah, they're selling out right now. We're doing really well. And then the campaign came out, which Tommy was always like, "I'm not sure if I really should say that I'm, you know, the new guy or next yeah. or one of them." But just putting out an ad with, you know, good-looking models on the beach. Everybody was doing that. Yeah. So Mr. Marjani hired this, 
this ad man named George Lois. George Lois is the one that created I Want My Mapo. He created um, the Muhammad Ali Esquire covers, mm -hmm. Fly Like a Butterfly. Yeah, all. yeah, Sting Like a V, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did uh, I Want My MTV. Wow. I think the show uh, Mad Men was about him. He's a genius, but he came in the meeting and said, hey, this is what I want to add. This is what you should do. And it said the four great American designers are RL dot, 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 P-E-C-K, then T-H. And then it said at the end, T-H is the least known of the four and had the flag without his name and put the address of the store because there was a one little Tommy store, Tiny, yeah. on Columbus Ave. So the press were like, who is this kid? Why is he saying that he's one of these guys? He's, you know, and the, the press really, really killed him. But the product, the customer went crazy. It was a, a lot of yuppies at that time, which yeah. were young urban professionals, Upper yeah. West Side, and uh, what it was is Tommy took the classics, the polo, the Oxford shirt, the khaki, the ivy coat, which is like yeah. a golf jacket. Yeah. And made them oversized, more washed out, color blocked, color, logo. And the customer loved it. I so loved the it. press was like, oh, my God. Maybe he is, maybe he is one of the new guys. Yeah. And then other things happened. They rolled out to like, you know, a few hundred department stores yeah. and more stores and stuff like that. That's an inc incredible, first of all, that is the most like history filled intro that we've done so far. It's incredible. Some of the names that you dropped, but well, you, know, you know what I love the most about so far you sharing your story is you said, you know, you were a combination of your brothers, right? You, you wrestled, you played the guitar, you got your hands on a little bit of fashion, um, almost like a Renaissance man, uh, sort of speak, which I think is so cool. I do want to ask just as a, as a sibling growing up, you were playing music, you were in New York city, your brother's clothing line is blowing up. You're playing in, like you said, a super punk punk rock band. When you guys were kids, did you ever envision yeah, Live, living this lifestyle of grandeur and well, a life of passion and success. Did you ever think it was going to happen like this? Yes and no. Oh. I mean, because upstate, we were packing the clubs. The stores were happening. Yeah. The next step would be the big go to a big city and do it. Yeah, yeah. To make it happen in a big city, I mean, believe me, it wasn't easy. I mean, you know... Uh, Tommy used to have to, you know, borrow a money for a cab at this point to go to meetings and before the whole Hilfiger thing. I mean, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't easy. Yeah. It never is. Right. Especially. In, no. And that's part of what this, but what it is, it's the passion and the drive mm -hmm. and um, you know, you can make anything happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Yeah. I love it. And, that, and that's part of the reason why, why we're having you on the show, because you're one of those people that have made it happen. Um, let's talk a little bit about that with the growth of Tommy Hilfiger, the brand. Um, not only were you a supportive sibling, a supportive brother who is I'm sure extremely proud of your brother. You also did get involved 
Well, I'll working, tell you that story. for which, the company. Yeah, please do. I would love okay. to hear it. So I'm in the band. Uh, King Flux broke up. Marky joined back with the Ramones. Richie went solo. Billy and I met the guys from Blue Oyster Cult. And we started touring with uh, the original members. Okay. But it wasn't... It was great, and you know we still do that every, or I still do some gigs, and I play a lot and stuff like that. But anyway, I was at my apartment on 109th Street, in um, kind of right before Harlem, 109th in Amsterdam, and uh, it was 1991, and I saw a Grand Prix on TV. And I saw the cars go by, and I love Grand Prix. We grew up in Elmira, which is next to Watkins Glen. We used yeah, to go yeah. to F1 races. Yeah. And actually, Tommy used to buy the uniforms from them because it was the last race in September. Yeah, that's right. We'd wear them on stage. But anyway, <laughs> um, the jumpsuits and stuff. Very yeah. cool. Um, it was 1991, and I saw a Lotus car, and I saw the flag on the car, the Tommy flag, the logo. So I called Tommy. I said, oh, my God, I just saw your logo on a race car. I didn't know you were uh, doing F1. Formula One's Grand Prix racing. They race all over the world. Yeah. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're sponsoring them and we're, you know, dressing them and giving them clothes. But we need somebody to go to the races and hand out hats and bags and work on the uniforms and stuff like that. Do you want to do that? And I'm like, sure that sounds great he goes well we need hats and bags so why don't you come in the office and uh work on that stuff so i went to the office um and i put together a line of hats and bags team lotus tommy hilfiger and a friend of mine deke he designed a lot he was an uh he's an artist and uh but then the factories guided me and tommy told me you know the colors and what to do so i went to these races in montreal i went to australia monaco and i was handing the hats in you know promotion yeah then tommy said you need to go to hong kong to do next year's uniforms i was like go to hong kong to do the uniforms how am i going to do that i have no idea he goes, don't worry you're going to go over there and meet with the factories tell them what you want and, and then I'm, I'm coming over and we'll make the changes. Very cool. I'm like, cool. He said, you know, we need jackets, rainwear, this or that. So I brought some samples over of my favorite pieces, you know, a North Face or a this or that, and wanted to do similar stuff for the team. And uh, did my research, went to Hong Kong, and uh, a week or so later, Tommy came saw the samples and we're like this is good but we need to do this this and that so we he changed the design a lot of design and uh two or three days later they in sample rooms they make your samples so we had these great team lotus samples red white and blue in the back green yellow and white in the front because lotus colors hill figure mm -hmm. colors it was like a first huge collab not even knowing it was a collab. Yeah. But 
so what happened he's like okay well we're going to take them back to new york and we're going to show the stores and see if they want to buy them because with the arrangement with lotus we can sell the clothes also with their name so we go back to new york we take the flight from hong kong to la from la to new york we took the red eye we have a couple trunks, other hill figure samples also, but the Team Lotus stuff. Yeah. So we're in a line at JFK at six in the morning waiting for our trunks, Tommy and I. And I look over and I see a group of guys standing there all dressed in Tommy and Polo. And now this was 92 or maybe early 93, I think 92. And it was Grand Puba and the Brand Nubians. Wow. And they just had done Fly Girls, um, Living Color. Yeah. So they took the red eye, but they were like rapping about Tommy. And the kids on the streets were telling me like, Andy, they're talking about your brother in the songs. You know, the kids on the street. And they were all wearing Tommy and I'd give them clothes and they'd watch my car and, you know, um, so we went over. I said, Tommy, that's who's rapping about you. That's Grand Poob. I knew who they were. Mm-hmm. And so we went over to them and said, hey. I said, hey, I'm Andy Hilfiger, but this is Tommy. They're like, you're Tommy Hilfiger? Here they were decked out in like Tommy, <laughs> yeah, Paulo. Yeah. And Tommy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys should come to the showroom and see, see our line. And I've got great stuff for you guys. The next day, the brand Nubians and Grand Puba, they all came up to the showroom and we did a photo shoot with them and gave them like bags and bags of sweaters and outerwear and great stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of a new life for me because I started dealing with all the stylists would call me. Because mm-hmm. they would call other companies and, you know, your other companies, our competition were like hip hop, video, yeah. rap. What are you talking about? And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And I was dressing everybody. I mean, Wu-Tang, Naughty by Nature, TLC, Salt and Peppa. Wow. Yeah, Puff. Actually, uh, dear friend Andre Harrell just passed yeah. the other day. And... uh Icon. He was instrumental in helping me. Great guy. He called me one day and said, Andy, uh, Quincy Jones's daughter is here and she loves Tommy Hilfiger and she wants to meet you. I said, yeah, but why does she want to meet me? And he's like, because she's a stylist. I said, cool, send her up. So Kadata came up to our showroom. Andre made the introduction. And she said, oh, I'm dressing everybody right now for their videos. Mary J, Joe to see Heavy D, blah, blah, blah. All these people, new edition. I'm like, oh, this is great. Well, whatever you need. And I said, well, I want you to meet my brother. So I called Tommy. He came downstairs because he was upstairs in his office. And I said, Tommy, this is Kadata Jones, Quincy Jones's daughter, and she's a stylist. He started talking to her and then he said, well, why don't you work for us? And she's like, well, I live in LA. He's like, that's okay. You can still work for us and move. We'll move you here. Yeah. And you can work with Andy and 
will create a new brand called Tommy Jeans. Wow. So that happened within, Andre called at noon. She was there at one by two o'clock that day. She, she planned her move to New York. And that, then when she came and started working, every day was like, oh, I got to send Michael Jackson sweaters. Oh, I got to send this one, this, this. So then Kadada and I put together like fashion shows in stores with celebrities. Very with cool. Leah on the runway, Usher, everybody. Her dad was on the runway. And I have all this footage. Yeah. So eventually I'll do something with it. Oh but. my gosh. If people love, I'm smiling from ear to ear because all yeah. the people I grew up listening to their music, I've been fans of them. Of course, like every other person I have, I am the owner of some Tommy, some Tommy clothing in my closet. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. So um, you know, so you're really I really created my own position in Tommy Hilfiger because I wasn't a trained designer or yeah. production or any of these things, the, the apparel business. Yeah, the, yeah. The apparel business is all glory, but it's, yeah. a lot, it's a lot. You know, you need the business, this and that. I was a musician playing in clubs. Yeah. But I created my own, my own thing because of product placement, all of a sudden you'd turn on MTV and you'd see Method Man and Mary J in a video wearing Tommy Hilfiger. Or, wow. Uh, and then I got a call from Kadada, or she said, my dad's opening a new magazine called Vibe. I said, oh, great. We were the first yeah. ones in Vibe of yeah. like an American corporate yeah. and source. And the agencies would call and say, Andy, Tommy Hilfiger can't be in source. This, is, this isn't uh, a national magazine. I said, I said, it's music. I said, it's pop culture. Tommy and I want to be in source. Yeah. We were in the next 10 issues. You know, because we'd have agencies do the pricing for magazines. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. Source was, or yeah. basically vibe. Yeah. So there was a lot of firsts that we broke into yeah. it and almost then, seems it almost seems like you you and, and tommy and, and the brand um you saw opportunity when it was knocking and embraced hip-hop as hip-hop was really exploding like you said you did a lot of first and like a lot of companies or businesses if you're first if you get that land grab it could really catapult the business and you guys took advantage of a, an incredible opportunity it sounds like yeah yeah uh, so so now helping build Tommy Hilfiger, creating your own position. I mean, it sounds like such incredible experiences. Um, eventually, I worked, I, mean, I worked in like the boiler room and I called it the cage. I didn't <laughs> even have a real office at the, you know, later, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just made it happen. I love it. And, that, and that's, uh, I mean, like you were saying, like, that's why you believe that you, anybody can make it happen. You just got to put in the time. You got to put in the work, right? And, and be creative. Um, let, let's fast forward now. We know, um, we know the kind of impact Tommy Hilfiger, the brand, has made in culture and in fashion. Um, but you still have a great love and passion for music. And you are still creative in the fashion world. Um, you are now the creative director for Artistics. Yes. Um, talk about this new venture for you, this new project. I know we were talking before we started how excited you are about it. And the reason why I am very interested and excited to hear this as well as our listeners is 
Artistics is now proudly available at the gathering shops, I know. which is, uh, in my opinion, um, retail's newest and most exciting shopping platform. We'll talk more about the gathering shops in a little bit, but let's talk about Artistics and let's talk about your role as creative director for this new emerging brand. Okay. Well, after I left Hilfiger and I signed Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer and I were 50-50 partners for about eight years. In what? In a, in a new brand? J-Lo by Jennifer Lopez. Apparel, fragrance, handbags, shoes. You were her 50-50 partner. I, I started it. I called her and said, let's do a fashion brand. Love it. And in 201, and I built this brand with her and a great team, of course. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Coles wanted an exclusive and they didn't need me anymore. So we sold out, my partners and I sold out of JLo about eight years ago now. But uh, uh, in 2001, I signed Jennifer Lopez and we built a major business, a number one fragrance in the world, um, probably a $40 million retail business. Wow. We have stores in Greece, in Russia. Our product was everywhere. And uh, because what happened at Tommy, all the artists would come to me and say, I want my own line. Puffy wanted his own line. I said, well, why don't you do something with Tommy jeans? No, no, no. I want my own line. So Tommy introduced him to somebody. Two years later, he has a $300 million company. Yeah. We helped Russell, Puffy, Jay-Z, everybody with their own brands. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to start a company and do celebrity brands. So we started star branding and then I did the Nicki Minaj line, the Adam Levine line, Steven Tyler was the f- spokesperson from my line, Andrew Charles. And um, then I met through a PR company. I met Greg Palacini. He's the owner of Artistics. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the Nikki and Adam thing was with Kmart, and that went in-house. Andrew Charles was licensed out. I was pretty much ready to do something else. And I met Greg at a fashion show he had. And what Greg was doing is taking his art. He's an artist. He's taking his artwork and putting it into apparel. Mm-hmm. And I came to one of his shows. and. He said, listen, my company's in L.A. now, but I want to move it to New York. Would you be interested in working with me to take it to the next level? I said, absolutely. Let me think about it. So I went back to him and said, yeah, but I will need a team. I need, will need a showroom and a few people, which he already had a few people um, in New York. So... The first line we did together, we took one of his paintings and basically mixed fashion and art and showed it, and it was on the cover of Women's Wear. So right away, we got success with this whole thing, what we were doing, but the clothing wasn't commercial enough to retail to the stores like we're yep. doing like we're doing now. Yeah. So each season there's another piece of Greg's art we use. 
to create the color story in the prints. So it's really cool. Yeah, it sounds incredible. I mean, just yeah. it's you know, pop culture. It's it's art and fashion, and of course, it's music. Because actually, Greg and I love the same music. We're into rock and roll. He's like, yeah. You know, we got to play Ozzy. We got to play this on the <laughs> runway and yeah. mix it up. Um, Incredible. Yeah. So we've had a, a, it's, it's been very good and it's been looking great. And then we came out with our, our own camo using Greg's art prints and that like took off. It's on fire. And, Amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We know uh, the gathering shops just proudly dropped spring, summer 2020 for artistics. Yeah. Um, I, I know the platform um, is super, super excited to have this collection. Um, and we're all patiently waiting for when we can all go back out there in the stores to reopen so we can see it up on the wall and on the shelves. Um, yeah. I, I want to ask you, uh, someone who has such a tremendous amount of experience in the fashion world, um, styling, developing a brand, building a business. Um, what's your take on the gathering shops? I mean, you've been around the block. You've, you've worked with it some reminds of the most me it reminds me of uh, a modern people's place. So with that said, and I want to hear more about that answer, but with that said, that must have struck a chord, no pun intended to the, the guitar playing that you love to do. Um, but that must have struck a chord immediately when you first found out about the gathering shops. Um, if it reminded, reminded you of such a special place and reminded you of where you and your brother and your family really started this incredible journey. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because it, it's not just shopping for clothing. It's an experience. It's events. It's actually what you guys are doing with social media. Yeah. And, you know, of course, we didn't have that then. Yeah. But uh, we didn't even have that during JLo. <laughs> but um, I just think, and also the brands you're carrying and it, it, new emerging brands, it's, it's refreshing and great to see. And I think the customer, the, the department store to cu customer is pretty much looking for something new. Yeah. And it, it's exciting. Um, and you guys are definitely taking, taking on new risks and new things that, you know, it's yeah. pretty cool. Well, I I'd rather go and, and spend my time and money in a gathering shops than some like chain yeah. store. Yeah, I, I agree with you, you know, and, and we, we definitely are grateful for those kind words. But as I told you, you know, I am also not only am I part of uh, the Gathering Shops, you know, family and, and trying and working very hard to, to build this platform. Um, I'm also an aspiring entrepreneur and fashion designer myself. My brand is also in this store. And I feel the same way about uh, how you feel about the Gathering Shops that to be in this community of emerging brands of people that are but it is a community yes it's a lifestyle and a platform you know it's yes. the place to be like yes and and i feel like all the brands are pulling for each other and supporting each other and yeah. and, and it really makes for a special place um but i want to ask your expertise and and um your opinion on this you have been in the business for a very long time you have seen the heyday of not only fashion but also retail and you know that the landscape of retail was already changing two, three, four, five years ago. Oh, yeah. The internet has made a real push to change that landscape. But now what we're dealing with with this uh, health and economic crisis, it looks as if the retail landscape is going to change even more over the next few months and few years. So where do you, where do you see fashion? Where do you see um, small businesses and, and entrepreneurs who 
are talented and hoping that maybe one day their story ends the way a Tommy Hilfiger brand ended. Can that same story, can, can it end in a good way, even though the landscape has changed? Can that happy ending happen for yeah, a lot of brands? Different, just different. Yeah. You know, Tommy Hilfiger's success in the States anyway, well, also the whole Tommy Global thing we didn't talk about, but yeah. Hilfiger was real quick. Hilfiger was very smart in planting the seeds in Europe and Asia 20 years ago. Mm when others weren't doing that and that had a lot to do with partners tommy had has and had in europe and um yeah yeah you know hill figures as big in germany as it is here yeah absolutely so there's a whole world and it's a global it's a global thing with with a brand i mean especially with online i think there's a lot of opportunity uh, social online and there's your, you know, of course your Amazons and Alibaba's and stuff, but look at uh Kith and look at Supreme and those guys, <clears throat> they're not in all the department stores. Yeah. You know, yeah. in the States Hill figures business was really federated and Dillard's yes. and these big box stores with their own shops in it. That's no longer really happening. Yeah. Uh, it's being in the right place, like cool boutiques. Yeah. Um, the it's almost, almost, shops. yeah, gathering shops. It's I'm really like, excited about the gathering shops. I, I am extremely it's, excited. It's the, new, it's the new retail. Yes, I, I agree 100%. And, um, you know, um, the reason why I do too is, you know, the people behind the gathering shops, you know, they've expressed that they, they saw some of the journey and experience that I was going through a little bit. And you and your brother with Tommy, of course, went through on a whole different level. Um, and it's amazing how much talent is out there, how many incredible brands are out there, but maybe they didn't get an opportunity to have that door open for them, or they weren't able to get some wall space in a Bloomingdale's or a big box retailer. And with the gathering shops, um, they're getting yeah. the opportunity and the customer is going to be able to find so many untapped, talented brands, which I think well, is remember, so like, like artists, uh, music artists, yeah, they want to find something new that nobody else has. Absolutely. And that's what happened with Hilfiger also, because the, the hip hop kids, Graham Poob and those guys, I mean, Hilfiger was a huge company, mm -hmm. But more like khakis and polos, and you know, yeah. not in video. Yeah. And same thing that's happening now. I mean, these artists that are doing these videos with 300 million viewers and stuff, they want something new and fresh that, you know, I could see, I could see your stuff being in some great videos, and that's huge advertising. You know, um, first of all, that means the world to me because me just having this conversation with you uh, just makes me want to continue to work hard and, and believe in it even more because I always feel that whether it's a brand like mine or someone else's brand in the gathering shops that you're, you're one break, one contact, one video away from breaking through and having your moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, let me and ask. Now with the social media, I mean... 300 million views on somebody's video. Can it's, you imagine having your product on there? That's your oh my, commercial. I know, I know. Listen, we, myself and a ton of other brands work hard every day to try to land that 
that person. Well, it's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to come to the gathering shop and say, I want to wear that in my photo shoot. You know? a- absolutely. Well, let's talk, you know, I wish I, I, I wish I could keep you all day long because this has just been, uh, it's been an incredible conversation. But I do want to ask, uh, big picture, of course. Um, what's the big picture for you and, and artistics? What is, uh, what's the goal here? Are you trying, is this brand uh, the plan to scale maybe as large as what a Tommy or some other brands were? No. Or are you trying to keep it small and only a special niche? Uh, talk a little bit about we're what the trying, direction is. Well, of course, we're building the artistics lifestyle, which means entertainment, fashion, art, music, yeah. all together, and content. Um, People see our Instagrams uh, and they want to be involved. Of course, yeah. You know, discovering new talent. And on a product side, really, it's not about building these huge collections anymore. It's items. It's about the hot outerwear piece, the cool hoodie, great hats. So we're building this. We just, um, we're doing a whole new underwear thing. So back in the day, we used to, you know, 12 color polos this and this and that. it's not about that it's like putting a record together if you're a musician and you have uh 20 songs but you only can put 10 on a record that's right what 10 songs because yeah. you also have to in apparel you have to produce that stuff and have inventory yeah so less is more but it's like what are my hit singles what are my three singles off of this record what am yeah. i really going to put you know, what do I really want uh, Little Uzi to wear on stage? Yeah. Let's go here. Yeah. So to your point, like, you know, it's like the old cli- cli- uh, cliche. It's not always quantity. It's quality, right? So you could have, instead of putting out, uh, you know, a double album of 20 songs, to your point, don't do the double album, even though it looks bigger. And no, just do the 10 songs with those number one hits and just put it out there. That's right. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah, and, I, and I think a lot thriller, of them are Thriller was nine songs, and I think seven of them were number one. You know, yeah, absolutely it's great. The same, same thing, because also I've been in positions where we've had a lot of inventory yeah. and ha- have to sell it off at a, uh, a lower price. Yeah. And I'd rather buy less, sell more. Of course, everybody would rather buy less, sell more, yeah. buy less stock and yeah. have and get rid of it quicker sure. and make your, you make your margin. Absolutely. But I think with what we're doing with, with you guys is like, you know, from our website to your website, this whole back end thing is, is great distribution. And yeah. I think that's the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit and then we're going to get you out of here. Um, not only creative director for artistics, but listen, for people that are listening to this podcast, you still perform, you still play. And I know before uh, we had to have this little pause on life, because I was going to play at the store. You were going to play at the store. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to, um, I'm guessing we're holding you to that performance you were going to do. I'm guessing at some point we're going to find a date and you're going to come and perform at the store for one of our events. Is that true? Absolutely. Yes. uh, That makes me happy to hear it. I'm super excited. Um, I can't wait. Either can I. And and I'll tell you, um, you're going to love the space. You're going to love the location. I think um, I know that you're a fan already, but when you see it and you're in it, you're very industrial over there, right? Oh, it is. It is right up your alley. It's really, really cool. Um, I want to ask a non 
uh, non-brand, non-fashion music business question. Um, we have a lot and we're hoping as this podcast, I think, uh, it's going to do very well. We're going to have customers of retail. We're going to have designers and, and entrepreneurs and brand owners that listen. Um, really cool group of people. And I'm sure that there are people that are going to listen that have ambitions to one day start their own business. Um, maybe many of them would like to get into the fashion world. Um, but they haven't taken that first step for whatever reason. Maybe they think they, they don't have enough resources, whether it's money or talent to your point, you created your own position, but they really, they really want to take that leap. Uh, what words of advice or inspiration do you have any wisdom that you could pass along to them? I've always said, I mean, it's a little different now because stores aren't open, but they will be. And I think the best advice for anybody that wants to get in this business is to work in this business at a low level because you start and you, you work at a retail store, you see the pricing, you see the deliveries, everything you need to, the fundamentals of the business you learn them. I mean, like I told you earlier in the in our discussion today, I worked at Manny's Music in the stock room, deli- you know, delivering guitar cases. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot and met a lot of people. And yeah, I also worked in record stores and uh, worked for my brother's stores. You you work in retail, and you're going to learn a lot about the apparel business and fashion business. Yeah. Start on the ground. Yeah. Start on the ground and work your way up. I yeah. love it. It's, it's great advice. You know, this whole time that we've been having this conversation, I absolutely love the backdrop to, you know, everything behind oh, you. Oh, like, I, I know. My, wife, my wife's like, don't do it down there because I have a little studio here. But uh, that, it's that, perfect. That H is Honda. That's a vintage Honda jacket. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Um, I love it just because the conversation, I think, and I'm hoping that our- It looks like the people's place behind me. (laughs) It it does. Um, And just so you know, I was familiar with the backstory, not because I did research, of course, on on you and the brand, but um, I have had uh, some close family and friends that are from the upstate New York area. So Elmira- uh, Watkins Glen, oh, yeah. um, the Finger Lakes region, you know, so all, so I had, I, I've known a little bit about uh, the people's place, but I think it's cool, your backdrop, because what you see there is fashion, you see music, and that really is the embodiment of who you are, if I had to guess. It, it totally is. <laughs> yeah, very, very cool. Um, this was incredible. I feel like I could, I talked to you all day. I, I want to yeah. pick your brain on, on so many things. Um, I have a feeling this I am. Not- there is a um, a thing you could watch t- to see more of my music and fashion. Yeah, please share. Please, um, yes. It's um, it's the Breakfast Club. Okay. And YouTube. Okay. Slash Andy Hilfiger, uh, DJ Dramos. Okay. He did a uh, you know ten minute, fifteen minute piece about uh, my favorite pieces, and I explain who I dressed and a lot of stories. Yeah. Incredible stories. Uh, We'll definitely pass that along. And I'm glad you brought that up. So for everyone listening also, and we're going to pass along your, your handles on social media, but where can people find you? I know uh, everyone lives on social media now. Where can people find you on Instagram and Twitter? If you have it. Um, Andy Hilfiger. Okay. Instagram and Facebook, Andy Hilfiger. (laughs) Um, I have to ask, I know everyone has it because it's almost like necessary if you have a a business or a brand or a musician. Um, Do you enjoy social media? Do you use it or you just have it because it's important to have if you're in this kind of business? 
Well, I think it's important <laughs> to have to see what's going on. But yeah, yeah no, I wake up, read my emails, and my texts, then I go to Facebook, then I go to Instagram because yeah. it's to me it's like news, whether it's good news, bad news, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I know we we've all gone got hooked on that uh, that kind of routine. Social media is part of uh, almost everybody's routine nowadays. Yeah. Um, Andy, listen, I can't thank you enough. Um, I'm already excited for the second time that we have you on the show. I'm hopeful that the second time, whenever that is, we're going to do it in person at the store for sure. Um, this was truly, truly incredible. I'm looking forward to releasing this episode and having all the new Gathering Shops fans, customers, and listeners enjoy it. This was awesome. Thank you. Yes. Um, wishing you and your family all the best during this time, a lot of health and happiness and patience. And I want one of those hats or i want a piece of your uh listen you that, that is a deal it would mean the world to me um for andy hilfiger to rock the guy in the tie we call him the guy in the tie i like so, him so I'll, I'll i'll put together a dig me care package for you and i know it'll mean a lot to the gathering shops because the gathering shops has been um our number one supporter and they have uh truly been in our corner yeah, for the our team's very um supportive of the gathering shops of what we're doing gianna yeah jason Darius, we've got a great artistics team, and uh, I love it. You never know; maybe there's something that we could we could sit down and do together somewhere down the road. Absolutely, awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for your time. Um, I look forward to seeing you in person sometime soon. And until then, take care, um, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, see ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Design Your Day, the official podcast show of The Gathering Shops. We hope you enjoyed our interview with fashion veteran and musician Andy Hilfiger. Please be sure to visit our store locations at the Garden State Plaza Mall in Paramus, New Jersey, and Bellworks in Homedale, New Jersey, and online at thegatheringshops.com to check out the latest collection from Artistics. I am your host, Ray Digney, and until next week, remember, only you have the power to design your day.